Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Oilers Nation After Dark. Connor Halley, Oren Bradado with you here as we are recapping the Oilers 4-2 victory over the New York Islanders. A great game for the Oilers, one of their better ones for sure. Uh, lots to get to on the show, of course. So we are going to bring in our guest in a couple minutes here from Oilers Nation, Liam. We're also going to get to the good, the bad, and the oily. And, uh, of course, everyone, shout out to the people tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, make sure to get going in the comment section. We got lots to talk about on this edition, and it's a positive one. Our first win for Oilers Nation after dark. Uh, like I said, downing the New York Islanders four to two. And uh, just very quickly, before we get to the good, the bad, and the oily, just a quick rundown of what happened for the Oilers and a great start once again. Leon Drysdale on the power play from his spot gets his 22nd goal of the season. Special teams were great for the Oilers in that first period. Kyler Yamamoto would get his third goal of the season the shorty assisted from Connor McDavid and with that Connor McDavid reaches 500 career assists the Oilers uh, going into the second intermission or sorry the first intermission really carrying the play 18 shots only four against probably the perfect period for Jack Campbell getting in there easing himself into it in the second period Matt Barzell would get on the board his 11th goal of the season he's got goals in five straight I believe uh, the goal I mean you, you give him a chance in that spot he's going to bury it didn't necessarily love the pass from Brett Kulak exiting the zone kind of threw it into the skates and McLeod goes the other way but the Oilers would respond Dylan Holloway with his second goal of the season and a goal scorer's goal from far out placed it perfectly. Derek Ryan in front of the net. It worked out quite well for the Oilers. Zach Hyman would score his 18th goal of the season. It was a breakaway where Leon Dreisettle found him with the goal. Leon Dreisettle gets his 400th career assist. And then uh, later on in the game, the Islanders would add another, but that would be it. The Oilers get the 4-2 victory. And uh, we'll take all your messages Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Keep those coming. We'll talk about it for a while here. Right now, we are going to get to the good, the bad, and the oily presented by Cornerstone Insurance. The good, the bad, the oily presented by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage, your destination for commercial, home, and auto insurance with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca for more information. For this, we are going to bring in Liam from Oilers Nation. Now, Liam, good evening. Thanks a lot for doing this. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello, everybody. You started the day with me on your screens and you're going to end with me on your screens today. And thank goodness we get to talk about an Oilers victory. So yeah. it's, uh, it's much better than uh, the last show, but it's good to get off. And uh, what a win. What a great win by the team tonight. Yeah, 100%. Exactly what you wanted to see from this team. Uh, the inconsistencies continue uh, where you can go from the bad and then come back with a performance like this. But on tonight, it's a good occasion. So, Liam, we'll start off with the good. And for this one, we are going to say secondary scoring. Obviously, Kyler Yamamoto chips in with a shorty. Dylan Holloway gets on the board once again the second time this season. And that's something going back to last uh, Oilers Nation after dark, we talked about like they they need secondary scoring. Obviously, defense is good too, but when you can get goals from guys not named Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I guess Zach Hyman, it, it's a pretty good game for you. Yeah, I mean, you look coming into the season, the offense was supposed to be the strong part of this team, you know, and defense, everyone was well aware kind of what the issue was, and it's been an issue all year, but somehow the offense is just just falling apart right underneath them. Like I was talking to Tyler in the office today and 
eight forwards out of the 12 that played today were inconsistent scorers, but it was great to see <laughs> a lot of guys get on the board. And like you said, that Holloway finish was like a scoring finish. He, he did it like he, he'd scored 50 of those in the NHL before. Just absolutely hammered it through. So hopefully this is just kind of like a momentum thing for the Oilers. Now, clearly whatever was said by Jay Woodcroft in that second intermission of Seattle and the players only meeting that they, they had too is like, Showed, showed that it worked because the way they came out was was fantastic and the momentum they had the entire game was just they never let off and it's something we haven't seen very often from this team and hopefully this is kind of like a kicking point for them and something that they recognize is like okay this is actually how we're supposed to play hockey not how we've done it for however many other games beforehand isn't it nice though hey i mean when matt barzell scores that goal i'm sure there was a lot of oiler fans hockey fans with that thought in the back of their mind like okay here it goes the honors are going to go on a little bit of a run here but the oilers bounce back dylan holloway with that goal i mean if, if he can start to find the back in that a little more often huge for this team yeah it, it'd be massive and he, he's he's shown a lot for me like i'm one of those people who think he should have gone down earlier in the season but also the injuries just happened and he had to stay up because there was no choice and He's taken advantage of it to an extent in the sense of like, he's not scoring, obviously that's his second goal of the season, but he's doing a lot of other things. Right. And yeah, like if he can kind of get going and just like that bottom six tonight was, was solid. Like they had a good game and costing on the top line. I thought he, he looked fantastic. He looked like he belonged, mm -hmm. which is kind of, we haven't really seen anyone with McDavid outside of Hyman Dreisaitl or Nugent Hopkins kind of perform like that. And he really, he really showed up tonight. So props to Mr. Clem, Clem Shady, whatever we're calling him. That man has endless nicknames and he's been there for like a month. The Clem Reaper. That's the one I'm going to go that's with for that one. one. But yeah. it, it was great seeing him stick up for Connor McDavid, get in there. Uh, I also mm -hmm. liked Ryan McLeod. thought he was buzzing around tonight yep. as well. Didn't score, but had the opportunities. Uh, let's get to the bad. And this one, you know, on a night when the Oilers win 4-2 and they, they play pretty well, we're not going to rip on them too hard. But we're going to say the bad is the all-star voting. Uh, when you see it come out, obviously, Connor McDavid named to the all-star game, something that, you know, we're, we're – kind of accustomed to it's not going to be a surprise he lead the league in points but the nhl's all-star voting is so dumb i mean I, I get that you want every team represented but to have leon dry who's number two in the league in points scored have to get in through fan voting to me which it just kind of sucks so uh, that's the bad but also oilers nation go out there vote for him vote for uh, ryan Nugent hopkins try to get Stuart skinner in there as the other goalie i mean it, mm -hmm. it's an opportunity but I, I i'm sick of it i don't like it we don't need to reward every team every team doesn't need to be represented yeah, I completely agree. I already made my votes. You can make 10. I already voted for Dry. I voted for Nuge and I got Skinner in there as well. But Hyman's deserving of it too. And that's the thing. And Oilers, you know what? Like if this was, I guess, a normal all-star voting, like would it be out of the question they could possibly have five players go? Like I know it's kind of a push, but like I feel like those five guys all deserve to be part of this all-star team. And the fact Leon Dreisaitl has to get in on a fan vote is is outrageous. And I, I understand. I get it. Like you want everyone to be represented in one way or an, another at the all-star game. Like I understand that, but also maybe there's different ways to do it. Maybe just don't have actual all-stars in the skills competition. Maybe you just kind of open it up like the NBA does where you just get yeah. the best, the hardest shot, the five hardest shots in the NHL. You're in the hardest shot contest. And it just, it opens up the door. Cause I mean, we see it with the Edmonton Oilers all-star, like their skills competition. Connor McDavid doesn't want to do the fastest skater, but he's going to have to go to the fastest skater now at the all-star game and do it. Like 
I think these players that actually appreciate seeing other people around, like it actually be pretty cool to see Ryan McLeod go up against some of the fastest skaters in the league and kind of see what he can do. So there's better ways to do it for the NHL. I agree. Like maybe even like, do we really need three players voted in for the division? Like that seems like too much to me. Like maybe just one, like there's one goalie on each team. It's just, it's a whole mess, but also <laughs> games are what they are in the NHL. And hopefully one day they can figure it out. Yeah, Liam, you nailed it there with having different players come in. Like Trevor Zegers should not be at home on All-Star Weekend. I know Troy oh. Terry got the Ducks spot, but you need Trevor Zegers there for the skills, the shootout. It's You just have to have him, and that's a great point about what the NBA does. Uh, Jesse Tarzel says, mm-hmm. hi from Red Deer. Hey, shout out to Jesse watching out in Red Deer. Big win for Canada. Yeah, Dylan Gunther, former Royal King, oh, yeah. uh, Edmonton product, getting the game winner for Canada. The World Juniors out in Halifax. That was fantastic. Uh, why don't we get to the oily now? And we, we don't know how to define the oily, but when you see the oily you know what it is and i saw social media get pretty upset midway through the second period the oilers are up 3-1 and the wave starts this has been something that's happened more and more in games as of late the wave just breaks out i don't know if it's one individual that gets it going but i'm kind of torn on it i don't i don't mind it if you want to you know drink your 12 dollars beers and start the wave feel free what do you think liam i am <laughs> i have made myself very anti-wave I I think it just like tonight I can forgive it. Oilers are up two nothing. I uh, two goals. Sorry, like all right, sure. Like it's a little later on in the game, but the one in, against Vancouver, holy smokes, that one drove me insane. Games two two, literally penned in your own zone, and next thing you know, the wave is going around the rink. And maybe I'm just a little bit of a hater on that stuff, but I you know what? You got to go to the game. You got to have fun. If if that's how they want to bring the energy in, sure. But like. A little let's go Oilers never hurt anybody, right? Like, I think that's just the way I would like to see it go (laughs) rather than the wave. But everyone to themselves. But yeah, I think the best way to define the oily is is just something that's very Oilers. And the wave in the second period of a a two-goal hockey game is definitely oily, in my opinion. I love it because you can tell the people that don't want to do it. Like they're sitting there, yes. arms crossed, but then there's some people just getting right into it. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, we bring in our producer, Aaron Bardado here. Aaron, uh, we just went through the good, the bad, the oily. Did anything stand out to you as you're live from the Sports Center set? Yeah, hey, boys, and finally uh, living my dream of hosting Sports Center, as you can tell. So, <laughs> that one off the bucket list. And I mean, I don't know. Tonight, it was kind of everything that we were looking for after. The other night, I said it's kind of ironic is how much we were bitching about secondary scoring. Well, we got it tonight. We got it in the form of young Dylan Holloway, who you got a glimpse into the kind of goals that that guy could score because that was an absolute rocket into the back of the net. That kind of Mr. Consistency, like I straight up say, I can't get enough of the guy and his goofy smile. And every time he buries a goal, it's just it's in the dirty areas. It's, it's where you need to go. It's kind of everything... As a lifelong Edmontonian, we've needed guys who can bury who play the wing. And we've had that. I thought Clem, the Clem Shady, arguably Liam, better than his game <laughs> is his nickname. It's, I yep. really don't know which one to pick. They're all pretty good, but I think he was very noticeable, at least at the beginning. Very physical on the first line with Connor. Like I know Liam, you said earlier today, but gave me a little Patrick Maroon vibe here and there. So I know mm-hmm. that's a little early, but you know, it's something you kind of like to see. And I don't know, it was just a very positive game in general. The chat today is much, much more, much more positive than it was the other day. So I'm happy if Oilers Nation is happy. 
What what did you guys think about Jack Campbell getting back out there? Obviously, he came in in relief of Stuart Skinner a couple of days ago, and you know, totaling facing twenty two shots, makes twenty saves. What did you guys think of his performance getting back out there? I, I think it's the I think it was the right move to be honest for Holland. I sorry for well for Holland for bringing him in, I guess, but Woodcroft on the night. But it's eventually you got to start putting some belief in this guy. And to his to his credit, he's played a little bit better, I would say, in his last. four four starts he had the two against nashville which were better and then winnipeg he only allows two goals yeah one of them the pionk one you probably want back but also the team only scored one goal in front of him you got to give him some run support too and then tonight i think he had a, a, a solid game the others did well of limiting like really high-end shots on him too and you look at the two goals that went in weren't they both tips like especially the second one holy smokes i don't know if many people are really really stopping that one so <laughs> I'm a I'm a Jack Campbell believer. He, he's just one of those guys who who rides the emotions, and when he's low, he's low. But when he's high, he's high. And hopefully, we can start seeing some of the high soon. And honestly, taking some of the pressure off Skinner, like it's awesome what he's been able to do. But also, got to remember this guy is is 23 years old, and it's his first full season in the NHL. We should a Stanley Cup contender like we're supposed to be should not be leaning on the shoulders of him every single night. They got to find a way to balance it out. And it's, did you know, like, they didn't start Campbell for like two months at home. Now he's had back-to-back starts. So it's kind of, that's kind of nice to see. But yeah, overall, like Campbell, solid performance. I think anything less than three goals is always a good night. So there you go. Jack Campbell, did he get a star tonight? I think he got one of the stars too. I would hope so. I would hope yeah. so. Give, give him a little loving for a, a game like that. And yeah, I was on with Tyler uh, on his show a couple of days ago, and we talked about you know predictions for the 2023 season. And my, one of mine was that Jack Campbell will get on a run and go on a bit of a stretch here. So I'm hoping it starts now, and you know he can keep that going. Obviously, would be massive for the team's success. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, the decision to go back to 11 and seven uh, personally big fan of it. I, I love getting you know McDavid and Drysdale out there a little bit more, and then having them kind of go through the lineup playing with other players, I think gives you a big advantage. But uh, what did you think uh, the decision to go back to 11 and seven? And I guess, would you consider keeping it going with Colorado coming to town? I mean, I was going to say, I think if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So like it worked, the Oilers kind of needed that spark, I think to kind of get them, get some juices flowing again. And it worked. And, if Dryside is fully healthy now, I know there was like some speculation when him and McDavid were playing together that maybe that he was had a little bit of knock and then he was out, right? So those two are buzzing. I thought Dryside played really well tonight too, especially like his patience on that Hyman pass. It just kind of it looks like such an easy play, but he just puts it right on his tape and Hyman just gets away with it and puts it in. So yeah, I like the eleven and seven, like especially like Colorado how banged up they are, whatever it is, like they're still a fantastic team. And we saw, we saw exactly what they could do last season. So yeah, 11 and seven McDavid and dry on, let them have it. It's the biggest yeah. weapon. Liam, I couldn't agree more. I think that, I mean, at a time like this in the year where you need wins, I need my big guns going. And I think that we're better off with those two on the ice than we are with them off. And I know some people question if you want to ride them, a little too much here in this part of the year but frankly with where we're sitting in the standings i don't know if we have the choice i think they're ready for it they can do it we've seen them do it and i'm riding my horses all the way till the end 
Guys, uh, those Colorado Avalanche in action tonight out in Vancouver. Uh, they were up 2 nothing, but Andre Kuzmenko scored twice, Brock Besser uh, a third, and now the Avalanche trail. So obviously uh, a little bit different than last year. But like you said, the injuries, Liam, yeah, definitely a factor. Uh, going to the YouTube chat here, uh, the Rusty, the Reckless Optimist says, I think this was a great game to build off of. Uh, Jaron says, why don't we do this all the time? If only it was that easy, right? Yeah, like if it was that easy, the Oilers would go eighty-two and zero and win the Stanley Cup every year. So it would, uh, it'd be nice. There's waves in a season, and Oilers have been in uh, extremely. They're in what is it? I've, they're consistently inconsistent, and it's consistently getting very annoying. So hopefully, this is this is it now. This is the change. But yeah, like that. What like it's tough to play sixty minutes all the time. So. We'll see Colorado next, and then I believe they're back on the road. Isn't oh yeah, they're in the, they have a California strip next week, right? So yeah, schedule's getting. You want to say it's softer, but they've also lost to Anaheim this season, so you can't take any game for granted. And we'll see. And then Nation Vacation will be down in Vegas for that game against the Golden Knights and a watch party against San Jose. So hopefully, a couple of wins there get everyone flowing down in Vegas. Liam, are you on that vacation? Oh, yeah. My first nation vacation is going to Vegas. I figured I would kick it off with a bang. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a good one. Yeah. I, didn't get yeah. I didn't get hired in time to get on that trip, but hopefully I can make it on the next one. I'm still going to get a form yeah. about it. I'm feeling, feeling like I'm missing out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to try to get on it, but uh, yeah, probably a little bit too late for that one. I'll stick to the uh, corner of the condo here up in Edmonton. And and you, yeah, you mentioned that that trip down to California, right? Like winnable games, games you should win, but certainly you have to go out there and do it. Uh, check back in here on the, uh, the comments section on YouTube. Shout out to Electric Jordan. His nighttime Neo Citroen's kicking in, so he's going to fade away. <laughs> but uh, thank you for tuning in, uh, Jordan. Uh, let's go down to about... Uh, Genesis. I don't know if I'm saying the name correctly, Genesis. but Hollywood Genesis. That's it. Genesis. He gets yep, number two boy. from Clouder Genesis. I'm going to try to make sure I get that going <laughs> forward here. Um, man, how nice would it be if you could find that third line consistency? And especially if Ryan McLeod, like I talked about it mm-hmm. off the top here, thought he had a good game. But if he can find his strike that, that he had before the injuries, I mean, it would, it would just bring so much to this team in that bottom six. Yeah, and I was trying to think about this earlier today, but I'm sure those uh, see a see a Tory see you there. Um, earlier in the season, I'm sure that that third line was kind of buzzing, right? At one point this year, like Fogo, McLeod, and Puyavi, I thought they were kind of giving that top six a little bit, a little bit of extra. The only thing was they weren't really getting goals, but they were at least generating some chances and putting a positive impact on the ice, which is something that's been missing for many nights. So yeah, I agree. Like if that third line can just be a stopgap of just giving McDavid and Drysdale lines a break, and then you kind of get the other guys out there, like, and that's good. And what was the fourth line tonight? It was Holloway and Ryan. Oh yeah, because they were rotating guys through. So yeah, like. If that's kind of the recipe, then I, I can see having a lot of success for this team. And like we just mentioned, like the schedule's getting a little softer. So maybe this is kind of where you can experiment a little bit better with the lineup. Obviously, you don't want to take any team for granted like the others have done numerous times this season. But maybe there's chances there if you can get some confidence now with this win tonight and then continue it on against Colorado and onwards. Uh, some more uh, not not everyone happy with this one. Blake saying super low, boring game, seemed low energy. You guys see yeah. that at all? Take two po- I'll take the two points. I don't care how it comes. Give me the two points and I'll run away with it. 
Yeah, yeah 100%. I, I agree. As Oilers fans, you know, beggars can't be choosers. After yeah. the, uh, the vibes that we had going into the show the other night, I'll take two points anywhere I can get them. And, you know, some other guys, they said some Josh scoring tonight getting on the board. Connor may have not scored, but sometimes these ones feel just as good, if not better. Uh, Liam getting some love here uh, not going to say no to you let's go Liam but uh, someone does say well coming from Lance he says decorate your place I know I do got some stuff I can give it a little sneak peek I got a little Oilers oh, okay. thing here this box is just a big Oilers logo so soon soon Lance I promise I promise <laughs> uh, I like that I, I had to convince your M Chuck to let me have this flame behind me that was i was like something it can't just be the cabinet so uh, we can all improve upon that one uh when you guys when when you look back and, and kind of throughout that game there was it ever really in doubt for you like to, to me with with all due respect to the islanders I, I kind of was like you know not too worried it never really had that feeling thought the oilers kind of dominated the play and in that first period especially i mean only allowing four shots against your two nothing i know we kind of teased it at the beginning of the show here that maybe it crept into people's minds that maybe the Islanders have a comeback in them, but it, it did seem like the Oilers kind of came out there with a different mindset. And like you mentioned, Liam, maybe there was that, that players only meeting and kind of wouldn't Jay Woodcroft rips into them. Maybe something clicked for him. Yeah, it, it did feel a lot different. I can't remember who it was, but on the first play of the game, they felt like there was some kind of collision or something first or second shift. And it just, you're right. It just felt a lot, a lot different. Like they weren't going to let anything stop them tonight. And, the the best way to kind of do that is like okay if you get if you get a goal early or you get all that momentum like sometimes it's felt like the Oilers have come out and done that at the start of games and then they get scored on and then it gets wiped out right away like I can't remember the one game but there was a game earlier in the season that that happened and now you see it and that was just like wave after wave and just like yeah it never really felt like the game was getting away from them and you know it was kind of funny that it it was two nothing after the end of the period because that's what we saw in Seattle and Vancouver. And then all of a sudden the game's gone, but yeah, like it was, it was different tonight and it's good to see that whatever was said in that dressing room was actually like taken in by players and whoever was saying whatever, like it was a good performance and even like, like Bouchard's had his struggles this season, but that hit he laid on Pajot towards the end of the game. there was like a solid hit. That's something we haven't really seen a lot from him. So maybe that's, Another th- another layer of this, you know, just the confidence. The team needs confidence. It's so obvious with some of the plays I'm making. This is like the Bouchard one last game. I, I can't remember which goal it was, but he's like trying to bat the puck like two or three times. Mm-hmm. It was like me playing hockey out there. Like <laughs> it was crazy. And just, yeah, just this team rides the waves and we ride them with them. And I'm, I'm with them all the way. Uh, we did have a... a- Go ahead, Iron. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, I kind of agree. You know, from puck drop, it felt, it felt different today. They were out shooting them early. It maybe was that players-only meeting. It just had a different vibe to it. But as you asked, Connor, I have to be 100% truthful. Of course, I was worried they were going to blow it. I mean, I could be happy. <laughs> After watching that Canada game earlier and the emotions no, yeah. that it went through yeah. this evening, I had my worries. And I was sitting there with my fingers crossed. But... The boys had our back, and it all worked out in the end. I mean, that's two wins tonight for everyone in the uh, in the Edmonton area and Can- therefore Canadian area. That's two dubs tonight. Yeah. Who isn't happy with that? Did you guys happen to watch the United States and Sweden today? 
I uh, I turned it on with a minute left, uh, like two minutes left, and it was six six. Then it was seven one. It was seven seven, and then it was eight seven. It's like holy smokes! I feel like I just watched the entire game, and I only got like four minutes of the thing. It's just the the magic of the World Juniors right until the end is such a fantastic tournament, and it, like doesn't matter who it is, and the way Halifax and Moncton like responded to it was was so great after what we've just had to watch the last two or, two or three years, however long it's been, of just nothing, right? So the magic of the World Juniors was was back this Christmas, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. That game, it's so much fun to watch. And, you know, the games leading up to it were great as well. Uh, Dylan, I'm sorry, Connor Bedard. I mean, man, that kid's going to be a stud. Dylan Gunther for the, the Oil King, like we mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun watching that tournament. And uh, I, felt like, I felt like there was a lot of Edmonton area kids on the team when Gord Miller was rifling yeah. up all their cities mm-hmm. at the end of the game. I was like, holy cow, that's everybody from around here, some good old fashioned Alberta Edmonton boys. Good for them. Yeah, Reed Schaefer as well, right? The uh, the Oilers' first round pick and uh, last summer's draft on the team too. Didn't didn't play a huge role, but on the squad gets a gold medal. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, he was there. He was there. What what was it a few years ago? Akil Thomas. He was the thirteenth forward, right? And he barely played. And then he and he, scored the goal. Then he, he got the goal, yeah. yeah yeah he got the game winner. So they're all needed. It was it was strange how they they treated Reed Schaefer, but maybe that's for another podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you guys? the re-addition of Beck on the team after the dark brother got hurt. And then I just mm-hmm. assumed Reed would get called up or he moved up in the lineup. But no, I guess I, I think they know something I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Character guy. Uh, what do you guys think about the plan for the goaltending next game? Uh, Colorado on the schedule. We know they've got the firepower. Would you go Campbell or would you go back to Stuart Skinner? Liam, we'll start with you. I would go to Skinner. Um, I don't love the idea of just kind of giving Campbell the game because they had a good game and I know I just praised him for what he's been better recently but he's also not been up to the standard of being a number one goaltender on this team Stuart Skinner has earned that position to play against the best teams in the league so I, I would go back to Skinner I think he gives you the best chance to win and that's what matters on a night in night out basis yeah I agree completely no matter what their record is they are the defending Stanley Cup champions you need to bring your best that is Skinner's your best goalie you bring him along, and then depending how it goes, you can always throw Campbell in again on Monday, I believe, and go from there, which you can catch the Oilers post-game show here live afterwards, mm-hmm. even though it's a super late night, Connor and I. So late. <laughs> and I think it's you, Liam, as well, on Monday. Yeah, it's the three of us again. I'm double shifting. I somehow got the late shift. I don't get it. <laughs> Crazy how that works, eh? Yeah. Uh, should mention a big shout out to the friends at betway.com. Uh, if you're going to go Campbell 19 plus, do so responsibly. But I think, you know, had you put down money on the Oilers to win in regulation, you could have doubled that up. So something to consider going forward. Uh, if you're like a money line guy, you know, maybe not yeah. always the best payout. If you like regulation, you got a chance, but they've got some fun uh, player specials, things like that at betway.com. Uh, I want to ask you guys both, were you at Oilers Nation headquarters today? I was there. Uh... Aaron? Man, the one day that I don't come in, and you're telling me, Tyler gives me a phone call later in the day, and he's like, man, you sure picked the day not to come in. And I was like, why? Was it like donuts or something? Said, no, no, a band came. A band came was in the office today. I thought he was joking at first, but then nope, I didn't get to see him, but that was awesome of him to come out to the office, hop on 
the podcast with the boys. I just felt like Evander's really making himself feel like an Edmontonian from his Christmas toy drive to everything I see him doing on social media. Like, he's really taking Edmonton and Ram of it. And hey, wish him all the best. Get back soon and appreciate coming out to Nation Edwards. So, how was it, Liam? Was it pretty cool? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, to have an Edmonton Oiler in the building of like, obviously, like we all we're all fans of the team. That's why we work for Oilers Nation. And to have a Vander around, it was cool of him to like take the time to come and do the show and just talk about what he's been like through his injuries and um, also the community work he's done and now his new fashion fashion clothing line, uh, Defy, I believe it's called. So. Yeah, like he was he was a great guy, said hello to everyone, hopped in the studio with the guys on Real Life, which is out now. I would go check it out. It's like a 30 minute interview, maybe a little less, so it's not gonna take up a ton of your time, but it was it was cool. And yeah, he he was a good guy. And I'm I'm excited to see him come back and be an oiler again. Like, man, it's it's kind of coming up to the anniversary of when he first signed with the teams and he turned the season around then. So hopefully he can kind of step into the lineup and help the Oilers get back up the standings. And I will say the Oilers do play San Jose on Friday. So maybe could that be, <laughs> could that be the return? Oh, that would, uh, be, that would be something. Aaron, I will say, uh, I, I feel your pain for those who don't know. I do work at TSN 1260 Monday through Friday and I've missed Ed Sheeran. I missed, oh. uh, Christina Milian. If you guys know who, who that is, I was a big fan mm-hmm. of her. And then there was this show life below zero where they followed people yeah. living in, Alaska and Sue Akins was there and I missed her. So I feel like I totally understand your pain Aaron. Uh, it happens. It happens. You just got to make sure you're there next time when, when someone else comes in. Hey, I was busy working. I was busy doing, I was busy doing other shows. That's the least I told myself because <laughs> if I was there, I would have ran out and got the photo. Liam, did you get any, did you get, did you get a photo with him or anything? Was no, I, I, I acted professional. I acted like I'd been there before. So he was, uh, he was good. We got, he was, he was good. He, we all got all of it. If you want a picture, just screenshot the show and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Check that out. Real life podcast of Vander Kane. I think that's what I'm going to do after the show. It's been a pretty busy day, but yeah, after the show for sure. Uh, check that one out. Uh, when Evander Kane comes back and I, I know he told coach, he is a quick healer and, uh, we'll mm-hmm. see how long it will take him. I, I don't think there's a huge rush to get him back, uh, especially if they can start winning hockey games. But for you guys, I mean, is it immediate Evander Kane? He's going to hop on that left wing right beside Connor McDavid and, and just push other guys down. Or, or do you think there's some conversation about where he might slot into the lineup? I think it's actually thinking back to when he played his first game was against Montreal last season, I believe. Right. And didn't he just slide right in next to McDavid on, in the first line there? So like, I wonder if they'll just do that again and just kind of just put him right into where he needs to be. And you know, like it's so clear that they've missed him for so long. So I don't think there'll be much hesitation to actually like trying to get him back to where he's supposed to be and, and get some goals in the back of the net again. I want to see those sevens in the air for Evander Kane. <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? Yeah. Um, I agree. Like I think that he's the type of player that you can just probably plug and play him in there with the best player in the world and he'll probably get some results. But it is a different type of injury that like, I don't know much about. So I'm curious to see if there is some, I don't know, ramping up that he needs to do or something like that. But, I mean, for the most part, I've seen these videos of him on the ice. He seems like he's still in good conditioning. And it's just a matter of when it all heals properly and gets back out there. So I would think to put him up in the top six. I mean, 
especially in the top yeah top wing next to Connor. It just makes too much sense. They have too much chemistry, and we need goals now more than ever. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I I love the school the goal scoring ability that he brings to the lineup, but I also love that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say like, he's kind of a prick out there, right? Like he might punch you. And that's, that's a great thing in my opinion to have in the NHL The you know, if you're going to mess around, you might get punched in the face. He might just do that. So I, I'm a big fan of his, when they can get him back into the lineup, he brings that swagger, the, the ability to score a little cockiness. I think that's going to be a big thing for him. And uh, we'll wait and see when that happens. Uh, we've got a few people here. And I want to go back to the good, the bad and the oily. Cause we talked about the bad and I've got someone here saying variety isn't the worst thing at an all-star game that's that's true but i mean all-star game we want the best players there right like we want to see the you know you go back to the 80s and you look at the oilers lineup it was like you had Messier, curry gretzky obviously glenn anderson paul coffee it didn't matter because they're all on the same team you want the best players there so i think i would have to disagree with that one uh if you want variety yeah. i mean the let, let other players eventually earn their way in there if you want variety, just go by the NHL network and you can watch any game any night <laughs> if you want. Um, what I will say is, and I, I like I kind of said on the answer before, I understand. I, I understand the importance of representation at the All-Star game for team show. I think there's better ways to do it. But like I know it's not a big thing in hockey, but when you go to the Hall of Fame, they do say how many All-Star games you've been to. And yeah. It kind of dampens the legacy a little bit. And they're obviously not going to be like, oh, Leon Dreisaitl, fan voted in one year and then 10-time All-Star. Like, it's just, it's not going to get brought up. But also, like, you kind of want that on you. And in the NBA, I think that's the best example of it. It's like, it really matters there. It matters to those players that they are part of the NBA All-Star game. And the NHL doesn't have that yet. And I think it's because they do stuff like this where certain players aren't getting in. And it's the NHL one is a little bit more complicated, obviously, because you can't just go out and play hockey where you're slamming each other around. Like, you can just go out and play basketball and showball a little bit. It's a little bit different. So... I think they need to expand the rosters a little bit if you want to have everybody represented, represented, whatever the word is. I think I said it wrong twice. But yeah. anyway, the having having people there, like it's important Leon Dreisaitl is at this event. And if for whatever reason he isn't voted in, then that is a damn shame for the NHL not to see one of the best players in the league play and also the best player to ever come out of Germany play. Do you not think it matters to German people to see Leon Dreisaitl in? That's going to bring in viewers. And if the NHL doesn't allow him to go, then that's a mistake on their part. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's as simple as it's kind of just beating a dead horse here, but top two players in the NHL both can't be in. But the one point that I like kind of thought about earlier today is a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, he's having maybe a career-defining year. And I feel like in most professional sports, a guy in this type of year, he's making the All-Star game. He's getting that nod. He's getting that credit. But the news, once again, seems like he'll be flying under the radar. And I think that's just a little unfortunate. That's a good point, Liam, with the international aspect. I didn't even really think about that. But, yeah, it's just kind of a shame. I understand the fair representation. I like that now it's an even amount, and it's kind of easier to just pick one guy. I understand. But... I mean, at least there's a fan vote, and we got that. I know our boy John Scott from Dropping the Gloves was very appreciative that that was brought back. He was fired up. 
All-star game legend. Uh, you mentioned Nugent Hopkins, two assists tonight. McDavid had two assists as well. Drysdale at the goal and the helper. Uh, only one point coming from the blue line. It was Philip Broberg. Uh, Aaron, I mean, you can remember last last show that we had. It was pretty negative when it came to the Oilers' blue line. Uh, Kulak was getting her to Bouchard, Barry. Uh, nobody was really safe. Uh, tonight, better. Uh, I talked about it on the first goal. I thought that Kulak kind of made a bit of a errant pass to Ryan McLeod, which turned around quickly and ended up in the back of the Oilers net. That was probably my, my biggest issue with their play. But what did you guys think of the Oilers blue line as a whole tonight? Yeah, I thought, I thought they did a decent job. Like there's going to be mistakes every night, but I think it was good to see them not be horrible mistakes, which is big. Like I, this blue line isn't perfect. And I think as a fan base, we, we have to get used to that in a way until it, until it's addressed, and Ken Holland will address it. It is When the trade deadline comes around, Ken Holland isn't afraid to go out and make a couple of deals to get stuff done. We've seen it with Mike Green. Obviously, it didn't work out because of the COVID stuff. Kulikov, and then obviously Brett Kulak last year. Like he'll, he'll make adjustments when he seems fit, when he sees fit. I think the others are waiting for Evander Kane to come back to kind of see what they need to do, but also I think we're around 58 days to go until free agency. And I'm sure those teams are the bottom after seeing Conor Medard do what he did at the world juniors might want to start losing a couple of players sooner rather than later. So they can get closer and closer to that number one spot. But yeah, I think the blue line, it is what it is. I thought they played okay tonight against an, an Islanders team that didn't generate a ton. And that was because of how well the others played defensively too. And they had the pocket ton. So that helps. Yeah, that's certainly going to help. I thought it was better as a whole today, but I mean, that's comparing the other night to tonight. So I feel like a lot, I mean, really anything was going to probably be an improvement. Um, I noticed Broberg make a couple of good plays and at least none of those back-breaking moments that we've grown so accustomed to as Oilers fans. And I noticed that, I mean, we were perfect on the penalty kill tonight. So that's an improvement. That's a positive. That was something I remember the other night that killed us. I think it was Bouchard took an early penalty going back to the net immediately and you're just like oh here it goes again it starts to unravel and that didn't happen tonight so that's an improvement for me that that, that gets a i don't know what letter grade but it's an improvement Hey, any improvement is one we'll take. Uh, Tori says on Facebook, all-star games and skill comp should attract the more, more viewers by showcasing the best. And yeah, I mean, Liam touched on that earlier on. I, I totally agree. Bring the best players, bring the fastest, the guys with the hardest shot, uh, maybe the guys who won at their own skill competitions mm-hmm. and let's see the best of the best and really showcase that one. Uh, we'll probably wrap up in a couple minutes here, but uh, I, I want to ask you guys, since we're here, it is Oilers Nation after dark. I'm Connor Halley. We've got Aaron and Liam here alongside with me. Uh, what uh, what are you guys doing after the show? How, how do you wind down after after dark? Uh, I don't know. I, I I might just just watch some TV. I've been kind of on that Game of Thrones binge a little bit recently, Ooh. but okay. I've also been mi- mixing in some weird movies. I recently watched Sing, which led me into watching Sing Two. I also watched Zootopia not too long ago, so I, I'm just trying to find these movies I haven't seen before, and it's just a nice, easy way to. The end of night with a little little easy movie. So we'll see. Or easy movie or just some gory Game of Thrones. I'm one end of the scale or the other. Game of Thrones is tough because for me, because then I want to watch more, but sing. Yes. I watched that like a year ago. Unbelievable movie. Aaron, Fantastic. what's, what's gonna calm you down tonight? Well, I mean, I'm probably gonna scroll through Instagram and watch highlights over and over like I always do. 
um, stare blankly in the Netflix browsing screen and take a long time trying to decide what to do, and then probably throw on the old reliable Seinfeld and watch the same mm. episodes I have a million times and fall asleep. Wake up, leave that Oilers Nation every day tomorrow at 12, and start with a new day. Yeah, we should mention that, right? Go over to Oilers Nation. Lots of content going to be there. Your M. Chuck Scotch, uh, really good stuff. And listen to uh, the podcast with Evander Kane. That's going to be awesome. Uh, big thank yeah. you to our sponsors once again. Uh, Cornerstone Insurance. Check them out at cornerstoneins.ca as well as betway.com. A uh, good way to have some fun. Maybe you're taking the Oilers to cover the over or uh, Oilers abs over. I think there's going to be a lot of goals on Saturday, but uh, 19 plus do so responsibly at betway.com. Uh, that's going to do it for another edition of Oilers after dark. Liam, Aaron, thank you guys so much. You bet. I'll see you guys on Monday. We'll see you Monday. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you for, doing so we appreciate it uh on youtube i think i'm supposed to say hammer the like button we uh we Mm -hmm. really need that to happen and we will talk to you saturday night after oars and avalanche thanks again guys